It happened. Something many of you have been asking for. There is now a Stories with Traction course. In this course, I show you how to properly set up a story bank, and I share strategic storytelling concepts to help you boost your sales, enhance your marketing, and position you to create a vibrant company culture. If you're interested, check out the link in the show notes. Now, on to the podcast. Persuading people to take the actions we want can be hard. Our teams and clients are bombarded with thousands of messages every single day. But there is a way for you to get above the noise. Stories. This is the Stories of Traction podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Zahn. Join my guests and me as we unpack the power of storytelling. We'll talk about topics like leadership, sales, and marketing, all through the lens of strategic storytelling. Enjoy this episode. Recently, I've gotten tons of questions regarding how to pair sales and advertising, the marriage of sales and marketing, if you will. That's why I had to have Drew Blumenthal on. Drew is the founder and CEO of Digital Drew SEM, which is a full-service digital marketing and advertising agency that focuses on helping companies increase their leads and sales through search and social advertising. Welcome to the show, Drew. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Matt. I really appreciate what you do. And the reason is because, unfortunately, more than a lot of people may realize, some people might be surprised to hear this, is there's a disconnect in a lot of companies regarding the sales and marketing piece. In fact, there are some companies, unfortunately, that their marketing departments and sales departments are at odds with each other. They actually compete and there's not collaboration. There's not the connectivity to actually bring in more sales. So I wanted to talk to you about what you do, especially on the advertising end, as you do so many different things regarding SEO and the marketing and the storytelling piece, pulling all this together, that actually leads to sales. So I want to talk a little bit about some new things coming down the pike. So I want to talk about what you foresee in the next couple of months, maybe even in the next year regarding SEO and how companies can start positioning their SEO to bring in even more sales. So I, I feel like I have to start with the AI piece because people are talking about this almost at nauseum. I feel like there's been a, a switch that, that was flicked, especially this year. We've been talking about AI forever, Ugh. many, many years, but apparently it's become a lot more popular in 2023. So do you see AI having radical change as it pertains to what you do? Absolutely. I mean, especially on the SEO side, people are using tools like ChatGBT to write blog posts for them. And it's definitely helpful because you need blogs specifically to rank in SEO. So you write a blog, say for a term that you want to rank for, Google indexes that blog, and then you get clicks and traffic to your website for that keyword. But if you just blindly write a blog on ChatGBT, you might be copying someone else's work. You might have spelling and grammar mistakes. It might not be even fitting SEO best practices in terms of length. So for example, having blogs that are a thousand words or 1500, depending on which category you're trying to rank for is really important. So it's like, you can't just blindly write something with chat GBT without 
checking it over. And I'm reading so many articles of where that's ending up happening. And people are like trying to use it as a shortcut, but not realizing the consequences of just, you still have to proofread and you still have to know what you're doing to utilize that AI properly. Sure. No, I appreciate you mentioned that. And I feel like the the chat GPT has become the shiny object in the room that everyone's gravitating towards and everyone just wants to use it regardless of the cost, regardless of doing any kind of due diligence. I've been seeing this more and more. Uh, it's actually repelling a lot of people because like you said, they're, they're not using it correctly. They just throw stuff together to try to get listing. And I feel like a lot of people are shifting away from fundamentals. So maybe we could talk about that uh, when, as it pertains to SEO is if you were to say there's there's X amount of fundamentals that companies should be focusing on outside of AI, what would those fundamentals be? I mean, number one is really picking the core keywords that you want to rank for as like your North Star. So like there's many times where I start working with a company or I'm auditing and I'm seeing their ranking for random keywords that have nothing to do with the business. And a lot of the times it's either someone doesn't know what they're doing or an SEO company that's just trying to focus on traffic and trying to make the numbers look better when they're not really looking at ranking for keywords that might be a little bit more competitive, might take a little bit longer to rank for, but it's going to bring the business long, more business long-term. So that's kind of number one. So what I do when I work with a company is I look at the website, I go and I use a tool called SEMrush. I find keywords based on search volume, based on what's really relevant in terms of what's going to bring in quality traffic to the website, and then look at like keyword difficulty as well. But then I send that Excel sheet over to a client to review the keywords, have a conversation about it, make sure that the keywords that I'm focused on are the right terms that are going to bring in new business. And then that's number one. Number two is creating high quality backlinks. And a backlink is a link from one website to your own. So you could create backlinks. And a lot of companies, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are getting hundreds of emails of, I can create backlinks for you, get these backlinks and like things like that. And a lot of people sell spammy backlinks, low quality backlinks, irrelevant backlinks for very, very cheap. And I see it all the time where it's like a website has 90,000 backlinks and they're all like from low quality websites and it doesn't help your ranking. It might trick Google short term, but Google's algorithm is getting very, very smart in determining true quality backlinks. And that could come from press. It could come from... um blogging articles that could come from like yellow page websites that index for different industries. Like there are good places to pull quality backlinks that don't have to be really, really cheap websites from other countries. And that's definitely another thing that I focus on. And then fixing any on-site issues. So if anyone has Google Search Console set up, you get all these alerts that saying, this video link needs to be fixed, or this is a 404 error, or your meta title is too long. Like those kinds of things you also need to fix to improve SEO. And the third and the final thing, which I was talking about with the chat GBT, is about writing content. So writing specific content that is over a thousand words, that includes the keywords that you're trying to focus on 
in the title and written in the blog article and like writing consistent articles. So it really depends on the size of your business, but writing anywhere from four to six to eight blog articles a month that are long, that fill those keywords that you're trying to rank for. And between doing all three of those things, you should be able to see your ranking and your average position go up. I also use SEM Rush to really track all of this. So I'm able to see month over month, is your average position going up? Are you ranking for more keywords and are you getting more traffic, but then able to see from my list, yes, the traffic is truly coming from these terms that are relevant. And I also then take it a step further by setting up the conversion tracking in Google Analytics. So I'm then able to say, all right, and you truly got this many leads from organic traffic. So it's not just you got this many clicks to your website, but you actually got this many form completions. You got this many purchases from doing organic and then looking at it from a month-to-month perspective. Interesting. So there's a lot to unpack with what you said. I do want to highlight the the core keywords that you had mentioned. So what would be what would be something that a lot of companies that are doing, maybe they're not realizing it, that would put words that don't really have anything to do with what they do. Do you see this often where companies think that they're writing blogs that really adhere to those keywords and they have nothing to do with their target market? Yeah. So I had a client that I started working with a couple months ago and their organic traffic was going up like crazy. And it was because they were ranking for the word scavenger hunt. And they're an online like events company. So it was like everyone just Googling online scavenger hunt we're seeing this article and it was leading to no business. So it made their traffic look like it was going up. But in reality, it was just all these people Googling the word scavenger hunt because the person who was doing SEO before wrote an article on the word scavenger hunt because they saw that there was a lot of search volume for it. And again, it makes the high-end stats look good, but the company was making no money from it. So you could drive a thousand people, two thousand people to your website, twenty thousand. But if they're not for the right terms in terms of they're searching for something you don't offer or is not relevant to your business, you make no money on it. So it's just it becomes almost like vanity metrics in that case when you're like looking at average position and traffic and all of that. If it's not leading to more leads or more purchases, because you need those conversions to happen in order to earn an ROI. Sure, sure. What would you recommend to a company in that situation where they put up a blog post? It doesn't really have anything to to do that really ties into them as a company, but they have eyeballs on their screen. What's the way that they could maybe some simple things they could do to try to convert? Yeah. So at this point, what I'd recommend is like focus on the keywords that you do want to convert on, meaning that come up with your own list, write other articles, like do all of that and then focus on ranking for other terms. And it's just like, it's not hurting you. It's not like paid ads where you're paying per click. It's just, it really could, like I said, show you traffic that's not converting. And if you are running paid ads and you're doing, for example, retargeting, it could also muddy with your retargeting. So say you're running Facebook retargeting or LinkedIn retargeting or like Google ads retargeting it might muddy who sees the ads if you're retargeting them. So it's like one thing you could do, it's called no index. So you could no index the page and go into Google Search Console and say, hey, Google Search Console, I don't want to 
index this page anymore. So it would block that page from being indexed and showing traffic to it. Interesting. Interesting. What would you recommend to people that are producing a lot of content, but it's primarily for social media? Is there a way that they can repackage that content on their website to boost in SEO? Right. So you'd still need to make sure the articles are long enough. So like if the post is 500 words, for example, it's not going to really rank. And if it doesn't have core keywords in your uh, your keyword list, it's still not going to rank either. So it's like you can repurpose some of them, but you would want to rewrite them to make them long enough. You'd want to put the keywords that you want to rank for in your title. Then also when you write the blogs, you want to submit them to Google Search Console. So you want to submit the URLs to what's called your sitemap, which is just a list of all the URLs that Google indexes. And then you also want to create backlinks, which I also talked about previously about you want to create links from other websites to these blog posts, because one of the factors that Google uses to consider which blogs to rank is how many backlinks you have. It's not the only thing, but Google does look at the number of backlinks that are going to the post to be able to see who should rank in what order. Interesting. So what would what would a company do to you had mentioned high quality backlinks? What would what would mm-hmm. be something simple that a company can do to to add that to the website? So for example, listing sites. So you could look at listing sites that are kind of like yellow pages. I mean, every industry has different ones, but usually they have high domain authority. Um, you could look at sites like obviously Facebook does, like Twitter does, like Tumblr, even like those sites all have high domain authority. Like you can even go on Quora. And if there's like a relevant topic, you can respond to that topic and put your link in it. And that would count as a high quality backlink. So those are all things that I've done. The other thing is if you have a tool like SEM Rush or Moz, you could do an, an an analysis of your competitors' backlinks and see what sites that they're ranking on. The other thing that's popular in SEO is doing like guest posting. So for example, you could reach out to certain sites and say, hey, I'd like to produce a blog on your website. They'll send you how much it would cost and the guidelines of what you want to write. And then within that post, there would be a link to your website and that would count as a backlink as well. Interesting. All right. So let, let's unpack the high domain authority. I, I like that that choice of words that you use. So it would be uh, some, I don't want to say easy, but from a framework perspective. So let's say there's a company, they're cranking out a lot of content. They're focused on LinkedIn. They're focused on Twitter, maybe some some Facebook as well. You mentioned Tumblr. Is there a three to five that you would recommend people focus on that would produce more high domain authority? I mean, those were all the ones that you mentioned are good. I mean, any site that you could think has millions and billions of pages typically has a high domain authority. So I would just think of any website, even industry specific ones. Think of like if you're a contractor, Angie's List, or if you're a doctor, ZocDoc. Like those are all websites that would have high credibility scores just because any site that's focused on producing content and has millions and billions of pages typically are good pages to have links that go back to your website. 
Sure. Interesting. Okay. So no, I appreciate you mentioning that. And how I start this conversation is really getting leaders to focus on having that marriage of marketing and sales. I feel like there has been more friction within companies that I've spoken to. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, there's a competition and not as much of a collaboration. So you have sales reps, they're in the field, they're, they're, providing high value to their customers. Obviously, there's different words that come up in conversations, different stories that are being shared. They should absolutely figure out figure out a way to work with marketing departments to build out what you're talking about. So from a very easy structure, not easy, but simplistic structure, they would focus on those core keywords from what they're hearing from their customers, and they'd build out a little bit more words based on what you're saying. So not just the 500 and under social media, but expand out on that more from a blog perspective and then focus on the high domain authority. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. And the way that like sales and marketing, I see it, sales actually can close a lot of the leads that SEO and marketing is bringing in. So say, for example, with SEO, say organically 25 quotes are being filled for example, those salespeople would then get those leads and have more opportunities to close. So maybe a lot of them are sending out their own cold emails. Maybe a lot of them are doing like cold calling. But I mean, if sales and marketing can work together, marketing can bring in a lot more leads that these salespeople would then have in their pipeline to be able to close and they would be able to earn more commission and get more revenue for the company because there's only so many cold calls and so many cold emails that you could do. So what's great about SEO and paid ads in general is it's so passive if it's done properly where you could be getting leads in your slate. So you can only scale so much by doing active activities. So if you could have things like SEO running in the background and be able to get leads your own way, then you could be able to generate a lot more leads, which should make salespeople happy if they're looking for more qualified leads to close. Sure. No, that leads in your sleep sounds amazing. I'm sure there's no company that would turn that away, right? Uh, At least no sane company. So what what is what is something that you've seen that's just a really big mistake outside of the keywords being off? Uh, is there anything that companies are doing that might be an archaic way of, of doing SEO that you've seen recently that they should be focused more on anything that you could think of? I mean, there's definitely from what I've seen a lot of friction sometimes with blog writing, where a lot of companies like to keep control of the blog and the messaging. And it's hard because you need it from an SEO perspective. And it's like somebody has to be writing the content to be able to scale. The other thing that I've been seeing a lot, which some of it is AI driven, and some of it is just unfortunate is a lot of companies are going after other companies with spammy backlinks, meaning I see it a lot where unfortunately a company wants to be on page one and a company is beating them. So instead of improving their SEO and working harder, they're really taking a slime ball tactic and creating backlinks for the company. And then all of a sudden you see 50,000 backlinks on a website all going to a spammy website that's like hurting the SEO. And it's just some of it I've seen is being created through AI bots. Some of it is like direct companies like buying these backlinks for other companies that are just not really relevant. And it's like 
the company might not even know. Because unless you have an SEO tool that's going to show you, you might not even know how many backlinks you have. And you just know that your leads are going down and your traffic is going down. And it's like, until you hire someone who's an expert to see that, like it's not going to go away on its own. All right. So I'm I'm fascinated by this because this is the first time that I'm hearing this. So talk to me more about these AI, AI bots. So these AI bots are creating backlinks that go to spam websites and it's hurting companies SEO. Exactly. I mean, how, how would that even work? Search, I mean, you can hire a company and they just create these links and it, Google can detect them. So it's links from one website to their website. I mean, unfortunately with search, both SEO, as I talked about with the spammy backlinks and with paid, there is a lot of search fraud. And it's unfortunate that it's such a thing, but where it comes from is just for SEO, there's only eight positions on page one. For paid ads, there's only three positions on the top of page one. There are only so many relevant keywords to rank and bid on that unfortunately, there is a lot of fraud out there in terms of if a company is big and they're like, well, I want this keyword to be in position one, they sometimes attack companies with spammy backlinks. On the paid search side, I've seen it happen as well. Like I use a software called ClickSees and I protect my clients. But in reality, when you look under the hood, sometimes I've seen some very, very aggressive attacks. Like I had a client last month where they were getting leads for like 150 to $250 a lead. And this was very high-end commercial real estate. And then all of a sudden, their leads fell to zero, like overnight. And then when I installed ClickSees, I was able to see this one IP literally clicked on the ads and spent $13,700 on fraudulent clicks. Wow. Interesting. So that that's fascinating because I think a lot of times there's there's a lot of security things that companies will talk about, right? There's a lot of different elements of fraud. I haven't really heard about the AI fraud. So this is going to become even more of an issue in the future. If companies choose to use it, yes. I mean, what I've seen in the past is a lot of companies hire someone or a company, they outsource it to like a company in Nigeria or India or Pakistan to do it. But now I've been starting to see, and in ClickSees, there's even a category for AI. And I could see that there are some clicks that are happening that they categorize as AI. And that is one fear that I do have about AI becoming more prevalent. And like sometimes it's not even the client that does it. It's the agency that's running the ads on behalf of a client that does this because the agency of record is feeling pressured from the client to deliver leads and to deliver business. Otherwise, they're going to lose the business. So sometimes the agencies end up hiring companies or bots or whatever to literally attack websites or um, to do this. So it's like, it's very hard because it's like, it's such an unknown thing. I mean, there was an article in Search Engine Journal that was released, I think it was like two or three months ago now, saying that it, it costs advertisers like $34 billion in click fraud. Wow. In like 2022. 
Wow. So if a company feels like they're being threatened by this, what are some things that they should do right away? I mean, number one is I've been using Clixies for years and I love it. So Clixies is a software that costs like 59 or 79 bucks a month. So that's one thing that you could do. Number two is set up captures on all of your forms. So if you have website forms and you're seeing like a random string of letters, setting up a captcha on those forms can help. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, those are really the things that you could do. I mean, from a search perspective, Google always allows the first click no matter what. So you can't block the first click even with Clixies or with like, for example, the bots that are sending spammy links. If you have a tool like SEMrush, you could be able to see all of the spammy backlinks that are coming through and you can uh, disavow those links and remove them, but you have to know that they exist. So I would say if you feel like you're being attacked, either one, hire a company that has experience dealing with this, or number two, like get a software that can really help you. Because unfortunately, what happens is if you're just sitting there and you know your leads aren't coming in or you're not getting the sales that you used to, sitting there and doing nothing isn't going to help. Like It's not going to go away on its own. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I appreciate you mentioning that because that's something that I haven't really processed before. In fact, a lot of the stuff that you you mentioned, I it's the first time that I'm hearing it. It's very unfortunate, but my guess is as AI becomes even more sophisticated, this is going to happen more and more. But I'm glad that there is a solution for that problem for sure. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. And Drew, thank you so much for your time today. I, I very much appreciated our conversation. Um, I know a lot of people listening probably heard stuff that they're not familiar with as well, but there's three things that I would say are my biggest takeaways from some of the stuff that you said. The first was the core keywords. I appreciate you mentioning that that's the North Star uh, you had said. And then the second thing is taking content pieces that are out there and figuring out ways to expand them. I think that's really important because I know a ton of people, they're, they're phenomenal content creators, but it's very short copywriting pieces on social media. They're not focused on the expansion, more of it in a blog type form. I really appreciate you mentioning that. And then also the high domain authority was the third biggest takeaway. I'm going to focus more, even myself, on, on that high domain authority. So thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. I very much appreciate your time. Um, if someone wants to learn more about what you do, uh, what's the best place that they can go to get that information? Sure. So you could find me on my website. It's uh, digitaldrewsem.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at digitaldrewsem. Perfect. All right. I will include that in the show notes. People could just click and go right to you. And again, thank you so much for everything that you shared, Drew. I very much appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you again for having me, Matt. Thank you for listening to the Stories with Traction podcast. Please leave a review since positive reviews will make it easier for others to find this conversation. Next episode will launch on Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Until then, remember, if you want to persuade with power and inspire those around you to action, you must share more stories. <laughs>